Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, you all four are in the office. Alex, you know you have this dinner date in an hour, but you have no way to get there. You have no car. Wayne... You are there, Derek and Michael, you are there. So let's first go with Michael. Michael, what are you going to do rest of the evening now? It's about five o'clock right now. It's starting to get dark because it's in the middle of the winter right now in North Dakota. Michael might visit visit his mom, actually. Oh, okay. So uh, we'll go. I'll probably call her it ahead of time. Ask her if she needs like any groceries or stuff like that. So you call your mom's number from the desk. And you hear after three or four rings, it pick up and you hear, <coughs> hello. Hey mom, it's me. Oh, hey, hey, oh. hey, Michael. I was expecting this call. I'm sure. Oh, How you're are you want- oh you know, been dreading this talk. I know that we're going to have to have, um, I take it. You want to come and see me? That's the plan. Yeah. Do you want me to buy anything for you? No, you always know the answer to that. So, you know, no, you know what? I'm going to no. You know what? Give me some wine. Let's get some good wine and we can share some wine tonight and have a good talk. Okay. Can you drink wine right now like in your situation? Um, yes. Yes, I can, Michael. All right. All right. And you just hear this hesitation from her and then she's like, "Okay, I'll see you, sweetheart. I love you." And she hangs up. What's going on in your head right now? Yeah, I mean, Michael was so focused on, like, the investigation, he kind of zoned this whole part of it out, but now he's just, it's just kind of soul-crushing. And that means Derek's going to have to roll a wits and empathy roll, because Derek's an emotional fucking reader of the room, you know? I still only have one dot in empathy. Do you really? You still get successes like a mofo. I, I succeed every time. <laughs> Two successes. But yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I'm surrounded by people who I still don't know that much. And I'm like taking in everything that happens around me. Yeah, it's almost like you're hyper alert. You're paying attention. You see Michael hang up the phone and you just see like him stop for a second. He looks at the phone and you, you know how you saw that intensity from him earlier? 
now you're seeing the other end of the spectrum right now. And the old, he he looks like he's kind of hit with this deep sadness. Like his, he even hangs his head for a little bit while he's looking at the phone. And I don't think anyone in here knows about his mother. He didn't tell anyone about the shit going on with his mom. So you just see Michael, like his head hang for a little bit as he's like looking at the phone. Are you going to be all right on your, like, um, in your time off? Hmm? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Whatever. Okay. So well, there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think I'm going to head home rather soon, actually. Um, so what are plans for tomorrow? Let's, uh, let's decide after we see how tonight goes. Someone might need to bail me out. How does that make Derek feel hearing that? <laughs> like, just like, I'm going to go home and eat dinner. What's the plan for tomorrow? We're going to break into shit tonight. You know, might need to bail me out. Like, is this, is this like intense for Derek? Yeah, it is. It totally is. Like, um, he kind of wants nothing to do with it, but also doesn't want to like tell them to stop. Yeah, but he's unsure about the whole thing. It's it's a bit sketchy to him, and it probably like shows in his, in his like his behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his he, he, he just goes quiet a little uh, about it. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's have Wayne and Alex since Michael's preoccupied right now. Let's have Wayne and Alex do a wits and empathy roll. The wits and empathy game. How did all these UE characters get five in wits? Don't ask. <laughs> they had lots of practice. It's one success for Alex. Four successes for Wayne. Oh, shit. Alex, you sense a record scratching moment. Like when you say that and you kind of just see Derek just kind of like stiffens up a little bit. Wayne, you're just like, oh, man. But you realize you're looking at this guy and he looks like he's almost drowning for a second. And it hits you like, shit, he's only been with us for like two days. And like, we're talking about breaking into the school. We're talking about all, you know, t questioning preachers, following preachers. You think about like Che getting hit, you know, get, like getting in the accident. You think about the, him hearing about how you were followed by someone. Just like all this intense stuff. And you're, there's a moment where it's just like, you're looking at Derek and you're like, oh, fuck, dude. And you just see him like freeze up. And you're having this moment where you're like, this dude, he's, he's getting way overwhelmed right now. I look at Derek. And I can probably kind of just see like the uneasiness maybe in his face or maybe he's like his posture is tensed up or something like that. And I'm just kind of like, hey, you all right, buddy? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I kind of just don't want anything to do with the barn thing, whatever you are planning. Yeah, no problem, man. Like we wouldn't like ask you to come on, man. Like I don't, I don't want to have my car around that at all. No, no, oh. we wouldn't dream of it. We wouldn't dream of it. Look, it's gonna be my car. Maybe me and Alex will just handle this one. All right, I, we can't all get in trouble. There's a thought that comes across your head too, Wayne, and the fact that like looking at it from the perspective because you have that you you have this connection right now with Derek, you know, and you're you're able to emphasize with him and look at it from his perspective. And you're realizing that there's one key thing that's missing from your perspective on all this and his perspective on all this. And it's the truth. That's what you experienced, what you three experienced together with Che. So right now, what looks to you as like, hey, we got to break in this fucking place. We got to find out what we can find out. The term Welksetter, all this aggressive nature of all this that you normally want to do for another case. He doesn't have that piece of the puzzle. So to him, most likely what you're thinking is like, shit, he's thinking we're just working a missing person case and we're going to this extreme shit right now. And I feel like a wave of guilt almost because I'm just like, we're, we're pulling this guy in danger. He has no fucking idea what's going on. 
with like any of the the real bad parts of this shit. And like, even if I tried to tell him right now, I couldn't, you know, there's no, there would be no way to. And um, I just, I'm just like worried because it's like, we're, we're, are we bringing him into this hole with us? And is it fair for us to do that to another person? Is he showing his worry right now? Like, is he thinking like, like, does he like, is he acting any different because he's guilty or is this just like he's rationalizing in his head? He kind of has like a, oh shit look on his face almost. And he's just like, ah, uh, no, nah, man, we look, we, we would never ask that of you. Like, look, come on, man. Like, I know we just met, but you, I want you to know that like, you are like a part of this group and uh, we, we care about you and we wouldn't want you to get in trouble or, or risk anything. So like, like it's it's not it's not one of those things where where you you have to be all in for this. This is a this is like just some side stuff, you know. Just don't even don't even think about it. All right, just pretend it's not even. And I'm just like I'm almost thinking like should we have not even told Derek? Like if he didn't know, it would probably just be easier for him and for me now. What does it make Derek feel though that he's kind of like doing this now? This whoa whoa whoa, you know, like this weird like overreaction to your reaction kind of thing. Yeah, Derek in turn feels kind of like white middle class trash who like doesn't know how the real world works or something and doesn't want to get involved with things and is scared of losing like the little um, security or luxury he has in in life or something like that. Like he feels bad for not really committing, but also um, like doesn't know how to react really so there's like this awkwardness in the air right now then yeah yeah definitely and mike and alex you're you're witness to this i mean you don't have to act but michael you're starting to notice it like you're looking at your phone and you're thinking about your mother and then you start hearing wayne go whoa 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 you know it's like no big deal and you kind of look up for a second and you kind of see the conversation going between them so alex and wayne what are your plans well i was thinking i would probably drive alex to his date and then while he's doing that, I will go to the hardware store, buy some stuff that we need. Maybe I'll call the old man on a payphone just to kind of check in with him because I haven't even heard from him during all this. And he's probably a wreck right now. And then pick Alex back up. That should, I don't know, maybe be enough time. All right. So let's go ahead and we will tackle Michael first. So Michael, do you go get this wine that your mom requested? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> So you drive to this liquor store, you go in there and you like, how, what kind of wine are, I mean, like, you don't, I don't expect you to know what kind of wine, but I'm talking about like, are you getting like high end wine, middle end wine or low end wine? Well, I mean, within Michael's pay, it's sort of something he can afford, but it's definitely like the better stuff, the better stuff. I'm going to have you roll a wits and empathy to see if you get the better stuff. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I laugh at myself. All right. So. You go and you buy this wine and you drive to your mom's apartment complex. When you start walking up the steps to get to the floor that she's on, like what's going on in your head right now? Are you dreading this, this conversation? Are you eager to find out what's going on with it or what? I mean, he's just kind of not sure right now. Doesn't know how to approach it. So it's kind of indifferent, kind of a weird, like just get it over with kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's more like a sort of uh, sense of dread. So you walk up and you go to her apartment door and you knock on it. And then you hear the chain slide of the chain lock and then hear the deadbolt lock and you see her open up the door. And this is the first time you've had a good look at your mom, like in about a month. I mean, you've kind of seen her a couple of times, you know what I mean? But this is the, you're looking at your mom now because now you know that something's wrong. 
and you're looking and you realize that her skin looks a little yellowish and her cheeks look a little gaunter. Like maybe she's lost some weight. She's wearing one of those, ha- uh, what, what do they call those? I don't want to say house robes, but like kind of like those thick house nightgowns that like older ladies will wear, you know, that are thicker. They'll wear watch TV or stuff like that. And you see she's she has like these slippers on her feet and you see the TVs on in the background. Uh, moonlighting is on TV. You know, she likes to watch Bruce Willis on TV a lot. She thinks he's handsome. And you see that like there's the couch there with the coffee table. And you see you look to the right and you see where the little dining table at is at where you used to sit and eat. She's lived in this apartment the whole time, you know, since you, you know that you can remember she's lived in the same apartment. And you see the kitchen is clean as normal. And she looks at the wine bottle that you're holding. And she looks at you. She's like, you know where the cups are. She's like, and she goes and she goes and walks slowly back to the couch and sits on one end of the couch. She's like, pour me a glass there, son. Have a seat. Yeah, I mean, he pours the glasses. He takes a seat and kind of waits for her to make the first move. So there's like an awkward five minutes while she's watching the, like the last five minutes of the show. And she just sips her glass a couple times. And then she goes and eventually when it's done, she takes the remote of this TV that you bought her and she like goes and hits the power off button and she grabs uh, one of those cigarette carrying cases on, on, you know, and pops it and then takes a Virginia Slim out of there and lights it. And then she looks at you and takes a sip of the wine and she's like, so you're going to want answers, aren't you, Michael? I mean, yeah. How long were you going to wait until you told me? Well, you got too much going on and you don't need to be burdened by me. You've already been burdened enough by me. You're not a burden, mom. You're trying to live your life and and you got to check in on your mother like this often. Well, you know, if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't. But it's not fair to you. You should be out there living your own life. You shouldn't have to worry about me. I, I think it's fine, honestly. And you really should tell me stuff like this. Michael, I'm dying. Look, I'm I'm sure the doctors know something out. They've done everything they could. I've been fighting this for the last year and a half. What? That's why that cough. That's what it was. Why couldn't you have fucking told me anything? I mean... What would you have done, Michael? I would have at least known about it. Then you wouldn't have been able to live your life. And you wouldn't have been able to do the things that you need to do. Listen, and she grabs her your hand. And she like puts both her hands like surrounding it. I know your first reaction. I know you're angry. Let's not waste time being angry. Let's spend this time that we have together and really make it count. Maybe I made the wrong decision and I'm sorry, but I just couldn't imagine you having to worry about me while you're trying to figure out your life. And I thought maybe I could beat this on my own. I have six months, they say. A year if I'm lucky. Oh, fuck. I know. That's why I can drink this wine, right? And she just kind of smiles at you. Listen, you I'm, you knew I. it's a fact that I, couldn't be, I wasn't going to be around forever. I mean, I don't know. Like, part of me wonders if I'll see your dad or not. It's always just kind of felt like, like, I knew this was going to come someday. Having your dad die just made me realize how possible it is. You can't fix this, Mike. It's just you can't. And I knew that, too. That's why I didn't want to tell you, because I knew you were going to beat yourself up if you couldn't fix it. Or you're going to punch some doctor who didn't give me the right answer. I didn't want you to find out this way. I was going to tell you the right way. I don't know when it would be or how would I have done it. I don't know. No one makes a book about this. There's no advice column that tells you how to handle this. So I'm just telling myself at this point that I'm an open book to you. If there's anything you need to know or want to know about your father or about me or about anything that I can answer, then that's fine. And we could do that. No, no, I don't want that. I just 
I just want to enjoy my time with you. Let's let's go somewhere together. I don't know, cinema or something. Yeah, you want to go see a movie? Yeah. There's a there's a movie with these babies that talk, and Bruce Willis does the voice for one of the babies. It's called like "Look Who's Talking." John Travolta's in it. Like, have you? I haven't seen John Travolta like in a movie since I think Care or Christine or or no or Greece. I don't know. Like, he fell off the face of the earth, but this is supposed to be his great comeback movie and everything. Sure, sure. Let's watch that. It has Kirstie Alley from Cheers, that one you think is cute. She's in it too. <laughs> All right, that's nice. That's nice to hear. So let's have another glass of wine. All right, though. This is really okay. good wine. Okay. All right. She's like, just kind of cheers and she like puts her arm around you and kind of like holds you kind of like she used to when you'd get super angry as a kid and you'd eventually start calming down, you know, she's like, cheers. Here you go. Cheers. And we'll cut to, who don't want to cut to, who don't want to cut to. We'll cut to Alex and Wayne. You're driving to this apartment. What do you got playing in the car? Wayne, are you still rocking the blue oyster cult? Have you changed your tapes yet? Uh, It's still the same blue oyster cult tape. Damn, dude. Has this been a Blue Oyster kind of couple days? It's not playing um, Burning for You right now, though. It's playing Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, geez. You hear that song, Alex, as he's driving down the street. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. So uh, is this going to be your first foray into the world of crime or have you dipped into it before? Come on, man. Uh, but actually, though, I, I like I really haven't done like crime. I've probably never even been arrested. You guys did some vandalism as kids together, though. Yeah, like a but like, I don't have a, re- I don't have like a record. You know what I mean? I don't think Definitely. I would. Well, would I? I don't know. Would I? I don't know. Would you? Do you think? That's a kind of a you question. I mean, he might have like a possession charge that people were kind of, kind of strict back then. I guess. You know. Yeah, maybe got caught with weed when you're like yeah. eighteen or something like. Might have got caught with weed. Might might have been prejudged, discriminated against because of my long hair and because <laughs> uh, you're a hippie who throws. Dog poop well, that's yeah man i'll be fine all right i'm actually like pretty nervous right now though um i'm kind of looking out the w- window i mean i'm driving i'm i'm got the window down and i'm like smoking a cigarette and i'm like looking in the rear view and the and like the side mirror almost as if i'm like expecting somebody to be following us or something like yeah. they already know what we're up to you notice that, Alex, by the way. You notice the edge that he's on. And you know about how someone tried to follow him at one point, you know, how he confronted someone. So you're seeing like that kind of effect Wayne at this moment. I mean, is all this stress kind of like affecting you too, Alex? Or are you kind of mellow during this or this sort of shit's old hat for Alex? It's bringing him back, back to the bad days. But he's comfortable with it because he's done enough of it. As we're driving, Alex is gonna turn to Wayne. Hey, uh, you mind stopping at a liquor store on the way? I gotta get a bottle of wine. And I kind of look at Alex like yeah, I mean, we can stop. It's just, you sure you should be drinking any wine? Yeah, I'll be good. All right. And uh, I'll just pull over to like a, you know, just like a shitty liquor store. And I'll just smoke my cigarette outside of the car while he goes in. And I'm just kind of like loitering on the outside of the building. Have Have you drank, Alex, since all this? Did you quit drinking or do you still drink? Oh, Alex quit drinking, but it's polite to bring a bottle of wine. Oh, okay, okay, but okay. But it's still, <laughs> like it still makes Wayne nervous. Well, yeah, everyone has this concern for this make-believe character. Like, oh, fuck, don't start drinking make-believe, Alex. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it's cool. All right, so you go, uh, it's cold out there while you're smoking, you know? you, you It's snowing lightly when you're out there, Wayne. You can kind of feel it, like, collect on your hair a little bit, like, just gently, you know? 
and you see Alex rush in and he comes back out. What kind of wine are you buying, Alex? Seeing that's the question of the hour. Like a high-end wine, medial, cheap wine? Maybe like a $15, $20 bottle of wine, you know, first date-ish. Nice. Nice Pinot Noir. And, and it's kind of strange, Wayne, when you see him walking out because it's like, dang, you had a date the night prior. You actually, you know what I mean? Like came to work, not showered. I think you took a shower at Martha's place, but like you're seeing him walk out now. He has a date and this just seems kind of, you two are clicking at this moment. It's almost like you're on the same wavelength. Now we just need to get uh, Michael and Derek dates and we'll be all set. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Crime yeah, really so, brings people together. Indeed it does. I'll be kind of like grinning as I see Alex come out of the store and I flick the cigarette off into the distance and I hop back into the car, which has still been running this whole time because, you know, got to keep it warm. And uh, I'm just going to be like, look at you, you hot ticket. Just wait till you see what I get changed into. Wow, you must be pretty serious about this girl. Well, let's let's see what I can get out of her. Nothing like a little booze to grease the wheels. All right, all right. And uh, I'm just going to like ask Alex, like, you know where this lady lives? Yeah, she gave me her address, but we need to swing past my place first. I got to change. And uh, yeah, so I just bring Alex to his place. I'm going to just be like waiting in the car. Oh, you're not going to go say hi to his, his polite Russian mom? <laughs> maybe i will maybe i will yeah i mean wait to see such a nice guy you know what i mean like it's your call you don't have to well like he'll he's gonna say that he's gonna wait in the car and then when he gets there he's just like i'll just pop in for a minute just say what's up to the <laughs> folks so you guys walk uh like you drive uh to, into the neighborhood that he lives in and you pull up in the the driveway you know that both his parents cars are in the garage you pull up on the driveway, you both get out, you walk up the steps to the front door, Alex opens it. And it kind of like when you, when you walk right in, the living room is right to the right. And you can see like, there's a TV playing Jeopardy. And you see that like your mom is sitting there, like, or you see Alex's mom is sitting there watching it. She has like, she has one of those like glass glasses that have like the gold patterns on it, you know, that they used to have the taller ones. And you see Alex right away that she's drinking like an orange juice and vodka. She's not a big drinker, but sometimes when she relaxes at night, she'll like make one of those and kind of like sit there and just like watch TV. And you see her dad has, uh, Alex's dad has a newspaper open and he's just kind of like reading the newspaper and he's not watching the tv and you see alex's mom looks up and she looks at both you there's a second where she's just like it kind of has this look and maybe it might be the little bit of alcohol that's in her system where it looks confusing where she sees like alex is with his bottle of wine and wayne standing next to him and she's like for a second and she's like oh uh oh uh, you what's going on with the wine alex why you bring wine home hey well, hello wayne how's it going man have a seat wayne watch some jeopardy with me and she like you know puts like pats the cushion between her and her husband because she's always awkward and you know like doesn't know personal space so it's like yeah come here sit down Wayne sit down have a seat and uh yeah I'll awkwardly kind of just like sit in between <laughs> them both and uh I forget uh what's Alex's last name again Sokolov I'm just like hi Miss Sokolov what, hey. what are we watching we're watching uh, Alex Trebek uh, Jeopardy. Do you see her words? Are kind of slurry. We're watching a little bit of Jeopardy, and she's looking like, "Go, Alexa, what are you doing with the wine?" What? And she's I'm like, gonna whisper what? to her. Uh-huh. Got a hot date tonight. What? She like looks at you. She turns around. She's like, "Alex, you didn't tell me you knew you met a girl." He'll get embarrassed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it, it was kind of sudden, Ma. I, I gotta go upstairs to get ready, and Alex will kind of like sheepishly just like go directly upstairs to the bathroom <laughs> to wash up. 
And like Wayne knows he probably shouldn't have said that. Like he's just going to cause like a big like uproar in, in Alex's house. But he's he he like likes riling up like older people and he likes like, <laughs> like he, kind of mom, with them. Yeah, like his mom is like gone. He doesn't have like uh like any of these like parental figures. So he just like really likes to like butter up like older people and like kind of like charm them and stuff like that. So if he can like get a rise out of Alex's mom by like talking about like him having a hot date and stuff. And like, he can probably smell the drink a little bit. Like he's just going to be like, you know, kind of playful around his parents and stuff. And just like, yeah, you know, your son is a quite a heartthrob, I guess. So this girl, she's not from the bar. Is she, please tell me she's not from the bar. Oh no. She, he met her somewhere else. And uh, she seems like a good girl. I, I really don't know though. What does she do? What does she work? Does she work? I'll let Alex tell you all that. No, you I, tell I me. Alex won't tell me anything. Alex looks, will say, always, she looks Alex, real no, professional. Alex always says, don't worry, mom. It's all, it's fine, mom. That's, that's what he says. So like, you got to tell me what she do for a living. You give me all the details, Wayne. I swear to God, give me all the details. Well, I just met her briefly, but ma'am, she does seem lovely and very professional. Oh, okay. So what professional. So she's like a, Oh, perfect. You hear that? You hear that? She like, like, like kind of like takes her arm and puts it over your, like your stomach and then taps the husband, like the newspaper. You hear that? Professional girl. No, no hussy. No, no, no drinking, no drugs. No. Oh no. Oh no, ma'am. No kind of trouble, ma'am. Good. You're watching out for my boy, right? Absolutely. You I will take you don't drink that wine. That's not for him. He's you, assured me. You punch him in the face if he drinks that wine. Yes. Oh, he wouldn't. He's. No, but you will if he ben does, right? Did. I will. I promise. Okay. He learns a hard way all the time. All that thick, thick Russian score always takes a long time. Really. You got to understand. right now. That, like, he brought this up and it's like, it's just like really like, you know, he's getting like 21 questions right now. And he's just like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to tell them about this like case that we're working <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I'm just kind of trying to like bullshit about this like girl that he met. And I'm just like, yeah, nope. She's great. Oh yeah, beautiful. Oh yeah, very professional. Nope, great girl. No drugs. Nope, doesn't smoke. Nope, very good. You you know that um you know that about uh Alex's people, right? Our people, what we suffer. We you, Alex never tell you. And like uh, Wayne is just kind of silent. He's just like uh, we, no. we we move here because our religion is persecuted where we come from. They do they so we moved to America for a new chance, and that's why. I think that Alex survived everything that he survived because it's in his blood to survive. But we all need friends. And you and Michael and, and Che, you're all friends to him and you all watch out for him. And like, I'll just kind of like look down at my feet and I just kind of like nod. Alex never mentioned any of that to any of us, yeah. I think. Certainly not me. So I'm just like, damn, like how, to myself. How are Michael and Che? Are they doing good? Oh, they're doing pretty good. Uh, I think they're just leaving the office right now for something. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. We've been real busy, uh, you know, having a good time working together. Uh, and you're not bringing up JS, I take it just to like avoid. Uh, yeah, I'm not. But like kind of just like lie, not lying about it, but kind of just not being like honest about it is like really kind of like because overreactive mom is not what Alex needs right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to but like think but like saying like, oh, yeah, we're all good. It hurts me to say that because I know that Che is not good and that like really sucks right now. But I'm just like, oh yeah, everything's fine. I'm keeping an eye on him. Everything's okay. 
So Alex, you're upstairs. What are you getting uh, dressed into? Alex is going to be putting on like his nicest duds, you know, a nice pair of slacks, button down shirt, maybe a sport coat if he has one. He's going to, you know, brush his teeth, touch up his shaving and do his hair. So you're walking down as you hear your mom bring up the history of your people and you kind of like see like, you know, Wayne's just in there nodding and everything like that. Your dad still hasn't taken like the newspaper down at all. He's still reading the, the newspaper as you hear, I would like to take U.S. capitals for 500, Trebek, as you hear on the TV as it's going up. And then you see Wayne, you see Alex is, is, is kind of standing about like three feet away from the couch now. And you see how he's all done up. And you see Alex's mom look up and like, look at you, you look handsome. Wayne, tell me that you have a professional lady. What, what, what does he mean by professional? What does she do for a living? Wayne... I'm sorry, man. No, it's all right. He's a good She pulled friend. it out of me. I pulled it out of him. I forced him to talk. I knew Alex when I saw him, he had something to tell me and I wouldn't stop until he told me. So tell me about this girl. What does she do for a living? Alex is going to switch to Russian. Mom, I'd love to, but I don't have time right now. We're going to be a little bit late. We got to go. And you see his mom like sit back like with this like insulted face. You don't have enough time for your mother. You hear Russian coming out. You don't have enough time for your mother, but you have time to buy wine. It takes five seconds to tell me about this girl, what she does. Ma, five seconds for you is like three hours for the rest of us. I got to go. And then she looks at you, Wayne, and back and then she's like, okay, you go. You have a good day. She like pinches your cheek, Wayne, a little bit before you walk off. And then like, she's like, go, go. And I got to watch my turn back. Remember what you told me you do. And she like gets fierce and she look at you, Wayne, like eye to eye. And she points at you. I'm like, I acknowledge her and nod. And I kind of like wave them goodbye as we leave. And I'm Alex chuckling out to the English. door. Yeah, Alex switches to English as everyone's leaving. Bye, Ma. Bye, Dad. Ugh. You just hear this grunt from behind the paper. And your mom, like, you see your mom waving through the picture window as you guys, like, walk, you know, walk in front of the bushes to the driveway as you guys get in the car. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Man, your mom is a kick. Why would you? Oh, dude. You have no idea. You don't get her started. It will never end. Look, you just tell her it uh, didn't work out or something. She'll be fine. Look how happy she is right now. <sighs> yeah, but now I'm going to have to hear about it for the next, like, three months. Yeah, but she, at least uh, at least she'll be happy, right? Like, Wayne's just kind of, like, backpedaling. Because he, he's laughing, though, but he knows he just made all these, like, you know, he stirred up a bunch of shit in Alex's house. And he's just, like, you know, he's just, like, kind of driving. And, like, he's still laughing to himself a little bit. And uh, he's got the window cracked down and the, the cigarette sticking out of it, the heater, heater on full blast. And he's just like still laughing to himself about the whole situation. Let's just go. Here's the address. So the drive goes uneventful. You get to the apartment parking lot to the front of it. I take it you get out, Alex? Yes. And so as he hops out, he leans back into the car. Uh, come back around in about an hour and a half. Well, actually, it's 630 now. What time does it get dark? It's actually kind of already gotten dark because it's like wintertime in North Dakota, you know? So oh, nice. it's like 4 p.m. Yeah, it gets dark like around 5, I think, or some shit. Yeah, incredibly early, you know? Okay. Yeah, come back around in about uh, two hours. All right. Thanks, hey, man. Uh, anything specific I should grab? Uh, yeah. Bolt cutters, wire cutters, screwdriver, hammer, crowbar, needle nose pliers, flashlights, some rope. Some duct tape. Yeah, for sure, man. That's totally all the stuff I was going to get. So, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in a few. All right. Sounds good. And remember, paying cash. 
Oh, and, and I'm like going to show him, I'm like reaching underneath the seat and I have like a baseball cap and I just like put it on and I'm just like, eh, check it out. Got to, got to disguise. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Good work. And I kind of give him the thumbs up and, uh, you know, I, I, I wait till he gets inside and then I, I drive off. Let's go to Alex. You are in front of this apartment complex. It's actually the type where the doors face outside. So they're like kind of stacked. So right now you're like kind of like in a quad that her apartment's in. It goes like four or five is on the bottom. And then there's two on top, six and eight. And you see that it kind of goes down like that, like little quads of them. And you, she's at apartment number four, which is the bottom left one. Uh, what do you do? I'm going to take a look around the area, just get a feel for the quads and how the buildings are laid out. So there's quads like that. And you could see there's like, at least you can see five quads go across and you can look through two of the quads. You see there are some in the back and between them are like as grass. Well, there would be grass, but snow now, but you see like the sidewalks are shoveled and uh, there are random like lights, lamp poles that, that are like five feet tall and they have like these white globes on them and they're illuminating between these quads so like for example during the summer someone could go walking through there you know and like walk like through these little hills kind of where there's these lamp poles you see like a rec center kind of where there looks like during the summer there's a pool so it's pretty quiet now and you're at where the like in front of like these five quads there's like parking lot so you assume these are the parking lot for all the different apartments that are in these quads that are throughout this area they're painted white uh, from what you can tell, but it's really hard to make out the colors because you just have the moonlight reflecting off the snow and it's kind of lightly snowing right now. And you have these like globes that are gently, gently illuminating the area. Alex is going to take a look around to see if, you know, there's anything suspicious. Anybody's watching. Yeah. Go ahead and give me, give me a what's in composure, please. All right. Three successes. So you look around and you don't see anything out of the ordinary at all. It seems like most people are indoors already at this point because it's dark and it's cold outside. Okay. All right. After he gives a quick check around, he'll touch up his appearance, make sure everything's good to go, and then he'll go and knock on her door. <clears throat> After three knocks, the door opens up and you see Tina standing there. She's wearing blue jeans now and she has like this black sweater on uh, that kind of is almost like midriff, not quite. You see a little bit of her, her belly that is flat and pale. You see that she has no shoes on right now. She just kind of has socks on. Her hair is kind of has this natural curl, almost like waviness to it. But right now she has it up like in a kind of a ponytail. And you see the strands of it are coming out on the sides there. And you could smell like this delicious smell. You don't know what it is, but it smells like meat and it smells good and it's, and it's delicious. And she looks and it smells delicious. And she looks at you with this warm smile and she's like, come on in, come on in. Like the ultimate evil, Servitude is a game that focuses on the worms of the supernatural society, mortals and ghouls. This miniseries takes place in the winter of 1988 in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Three ghouls are tasked by their betters to find another ghoul, but end up uncovering a deep darkness.